Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. I'm going to do a quick follow-up, really quick, from yesterday's podcast um, regarding upgrading and removing the old solar panels that had some major issues and upgrading her to some new solar panels. And good news, obviously it is working awesome. Um, she actually called me up and told me, hey, it is working so good. There is so much power now. And I said, well, that's that's good. And I said I would swing by um, sometime today to take a look at it and, um, you know, see how things are going. Um, so there was one thing that I overlooked that I easily fixed today, which was the breaker. So I actually installed a um, midnight solar combiner box on her um, system. Um, back when I upgraded the uh, solar charge controller with the Midnight Solar 200. Uh, so I added that and I had some breakers. And I added, it was only a 40 amp breaker um, because obviously she had some s smaller solar panels that wasn't putting out a, you know, a ton of power really. And so I know the 40, 40 amp breaker was perfectly fine for that system. Um, but I completely forgot to double check the breaker amperage because we upgraded the solar so obviously we're going to be putting out a lot more power a lot more amperage and at like 1 one thirty today the breaker tripped off and she said oh um for some reason the charge controller turned off i said hmm so uh when i had some time today i swung by and i took a look at it and as soon as she told me it kicked off the first thing i'm thinking is the breaker because that's linked through the breaker that I installed originally. And then I remembered, oh yeah, there was only a 40 amp breaker on there. So uh, I actually brought a higher amperage breaker. And I went ahead and swapped out the lower amperage breaker for the higher amperage breaker. And boom, perfectly fine. So, um, but yeah, all in all, the system is working good. We shouldn't have any more problems with the solar panels or charge controllers or any of that or breaker panels. Um, the only thing that we're probably going to have to do eventually is upgrade her batteries. Um, but so far, um, yeah, there's a lot of power coming in now for her. So I'm happy that she's happy. Uh, lights are on, refrigerators are on, TVs are on, lots of power. So good for her. Uh, now on another note, I am thinking about buying the um, Takauchi um, mini excavator. And... I may actually be buying it sooner than I thought. Um, I pulled together um, my money, put it on. You know, here's the thing: I, I save a lot of money. I save as much as I can. I'm a big saver, um, so obviously I don't want to overextend myself on anything because I have a lot of other things going on with other equipment and jobs and overhead and all this stuff. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I had um, liquid money available to do it. And uh, today I went through everything, and it just so happens that I. I'm good. So um, I have the money together already to purchase any three of the um, mini excavators from Takauchi. So I actually have the papers out right now. I have their prices and I'm going to tell you guys exactly what the prices were. And these prices were quoted to me for, no, like five or six months ago. Okay. So um, the three models that I'm considering purchasing, I'm, I'm considering purchasing one of the three models. The following models are the Takeuchi 240, the Takeuchi 250, and the Takeuchi 260. Okay, those are the models. The 240 
is the, more of the smaller one, the 250 is a middle one, and the 260 is a bigger one. And each of them are, all of them are great machines. Um, but pros and cons to every one. Obviously, if you go with a, um, every, every model is going to be a different price point because they do different things, their power strength, just how big they are, how heavy they are. You know, it's one of those things. And so I'll give you guys an example. So the cash price, I'm actually going to call tomorrow to re-verify the new pricing because this is based off the 2019 model, which I looked at six months ago, okay? So I'm actually going to go and call them tomorrow and double check to see if the numbers are still good or is it cheaper or, you know, what's going on, right? But this is the prices that I got quoted six months ago, five to six months ago. So for the Takauchi 240, that is going to run... Uh, let's look here. Cash price, including tax, is $57,905. The Takauchi 250 is $67,120. And then we have the Takauchi 260. The Takauchi 260 is, uh, let's see, 78429 um, there's actually two quotes on that because you can get them with a canopy or the cat enclosed cab And so that was based off the enclosed cab the seventy eight thousand four hundred twenty nine dollars The other option without the enclosed cab, which would be a canopy style is actually seventy two thousand three hundred fifty five dollars so obviously there's um, some big difference in pricing because the machines are you know, obviously sized differently uh, I want to give you guys some weights, how much these machines weigh. So the smaller machine, the Takeuchi 240, the weight of that machine is 9,000 pounds. The weight of the Takeuchi 250 is 11,288 pounds. And the weight for the Takeuchi 260, the, the bigger one, the big boy, uh, that one is um, almost 13,000 pounds. It's at um, 12,645 pounds. So obviously, um, the prices are going to represent the capabilities, the size, the weight of these machines. Now, um, I'm, I'm still up in the air on which one I want to go with. I personally don't believe that I actually need the Takauchi 260. And it has nothing to do with price. What it comes down to is I don't believe I need that type of capability with that machine. Because that's a, that's a big, powerful machine. Like, extremely powerful machine. And the, the, the weight. So I'll give you guys an example. My 20-foot trailer, the um, weight rating, the maximum weight rating that I can load onto that trailer is 14,000 pounds. So technically, I can purchase the, the Takauchi 260, the big boy. And I can haul that around. No problem. My truck capabilities is 35,000 pounds twin capacity. So the, the truck has no, no bearing on this. It comes down to the trailer, right? And my trailer can handle this, sure. But here is the dilemma if I go with the biggest machine, which is the 260. If I go with the bigger machine, I'm essentially um, getting so I'm getting really close to the maximum weight um, on my trailer, right? Which kind of creates a problem if I go with the, big, the biggest machine they, they sell here for this brand. If I put that machine on, essentially I'm not putting nothing else on that trailer. 
So that, that means that if I have to go to a job and I need concrete or a wa portable water, because I, I bring a water tank with me. I don't have to, I know how much water I need, so I don't fill up the water tank more than I need to cut down on weight, obviously. But normally I'm bringing a water tank out, um, usually half a pallet of concrete um, or even a whole pallet of concrete a lot of times, uh, a little cement mixer, uh, and then, you know, um, steel and all kinds of stuff that we need to bring out to these jobs. And if I get the Takoji 260, essentially I can't put anything else on the trailer. So that kind of creates a, a hassle, right? Because either I have to now take two trips. I now have to go out and take the concrete, the cement mixer, the water by itself, drop it off, and then come back and pick up my machine, which is double trips, double everything, double the time, double the gas, double the wear and tear. It's not economical in my in my thinking process. It doesn't make sense to do that. Plus, the Takauchi 260 is way more than I need, way more. The Takauchi 240, Takauchi 250 is more than enough for everything that I needed to do for all my jobs, okay? I'm not doing extreme big commercial property jobs, you know, construction like that. Um, so I don't need a really big machine for that. So um, to me, I think the Takauchi 260 is an awesome machine. Don't get me wrong. Awesome machine. And, um, but I just don't think it's going to be a good fit for my business because I have to be cautious of the amount of weight that I can technically toll on my trailer, right? Because I want to be able to load up the machine. I want to be able to load up um, concrete. I want to be able to load up water, cement mixer, steel, you know, extra whatever I need. I want to be able to load it up on one trailer. So that's kind of how I work right now, like my skidsters and stuff like that. I'll load the skidster up with the 401 bucket, with the forks. Uh, I'll have a whole pallet of concrete and then X amount of water in the IBC tank. So we can mix concrete on site and do all this stuff. And that works great. And I can fit all this stuff. Plus, I put steel and just extra everything on there because I'm still with way below the weight limit because of the skidster not being extremely heavy, right? I think, I think my skidster is, uh, don't quote me, anywhere between 4,000 and 4,500. It's, it's less than 6,000 pounds, okay? So 6,000 pounds or less. So that means I still have a lot of room for these other things, which works out good, really good. But now that I'm going to be, um, you know, purchasing a um, excavator that weighs way more, uh, I have to be cautious of these of these things. So now let's consider the Takauchi 240, right? So the Takauchi 240 is 9,000 pounds, and that includes the cab, right? It's a cab model, 9,000. <clears> so essentially, there's a 4,000 pound difference before I completely max out on my trailer. And obviously, you don't want to completely max out on your trailer. You want to try to stay below the number so that way you can prolong your axles, your wheels, your tires, your brakes, everything, right? So with the machine of the, the model 240, I'm at 9,000 pounds. I can make that work with 9,000 with 9, pounds. I'm pushing it, but I can make it work. I'll still be below the weight rating. I can still carry enough water, the cement mixer, and um, what I'm going to have to do is instead of carrying full pallets of concrete out, because a lot of times we don't need a full pallet of concrete. Most times we need like a pallet or a half sometimes just because certain things have to go in first on these projects. And then later on we put, you know, we're, we're adding more concrete for other things around the property or whatever. And so it's not essential that I have the whole pallet of concrete. Essentially, sometimes I'm towing the whole pallet of concrete around for nothing. I mean, we'll use a lot of the concrete out of it, but 
there's still half a palette sometimes that we're not using on that specific job at that specific moment because they're not ready or we're not ready for that concrete yet, right? So I can swing it and make it work where I can tow this machine on the trailer, concrete mixer, X amount of concrete and water and be perfectly fine and still be underneath the weight rating of my trailer. So I'm essentially considering the Takauchi 240. Now there is the Takauchi um, 250, which is the middle one. The Takauchi 250 is heavier than the Takauchi 240, right? This is the middle range one. This one is 11,288 pounds. So I'm jumping from a, from a weight of um, 9,000 pounds to 11,288 pounds, right? So 9, so 10, 11. So 2,288 pound difference. So I have to take that into effect, right? When I'm thinking about my load that I can carry around. And technically, yes, either the Takauchi 240 or the Takauchi 250 mini excavator, I can make it swing. I can work it. And that way I don't have to do double trips, okay? And if we're going to be doing more concrete work or whatever it is on some of these job sites, um, then obviously, you know, I can always bring another pallet later on because a lot of times we don't use it all in one day, right? So that's why I said sometimes I still have a half a pallet sitting on the, tra on the trailer and I end up towing all the extra weight around for nothing sometimes. So um, the 250 or the 240 will more than work for me. So I'm going to basically cross out the Takauchi 260. It's an awesome machine, but just too big for what I need. It's too heavy. It's not going to allow me to have flexibility on adding extra things to my trailer. Another thing is I don't want to have to buy another trailer. The trailer I, I purchased that I used, the 20-foot trailer with the 2-foot dovetail, um, I purchased that at the very end. Um, it was It's a brand new trailer. I paid brand new for it. Um, at the very end of um, 2019, okay? So, yeah, it's still very new. And I really don't want to go with a bigger trailer. That 20-foot that trailer is just perfect for what I need. And exp essentially what I'm doing too for a living, like I don't need a bigger trailer because I'm basically now just buying bigger equipment that I'm not going to really use the capabilities of, you know? So if you guys are thinking about, you know, heavy equipment and getting into that and stuff, and you got to really think about how you're going to haul these things around, because that is your limitation, right? Hauling. Be, like if you have an older truck, then the limitation will be the capability of your truck, right? Because the towing, the towing rating is what's going to start slowing you down. But if you have a newer truck like I do, the, the towing capacity is 35,000 pounds, like no problem. So I, the truck is not the issue anymore. It's the trailer that's my limiting factor. And really, the Takauchi 250 or 240 will definitely do the job more than su sufficient. So essentially, the price range that I'm looking at between the two machines now is going to be either 61000 no, yeah, no, sorry, $57,905 for the uh, Takauchi 240 or the price for the Takauchi 250 is $67,120. So the price difference in there is 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 not a it's not a huge jump in order to upgrade to the bigger machine within you know within these two. So I'm actually considering purchasing the Takauchi 250. That's what I'm leaning to. Um, but I'm gonna call tomorrow to see what which ones they have available for sale brand new. 
because I'm very adamant that it must have a cab. It must have a cab. I'm, I'm really tired of just getting stuff in my eyes and just eating dirt and breathing in all this dirt. And just, I, I, I literally look like I've been rolling around in dirt when I get off my skidster and some of these other machines. I mean, I rent mini excavators, right? That are open cab, you know, canopy style. And I'm dirty as hell. Like I'm, I'm trying to have a little bit easier time at work, right? So it, my, my main requirement has to have a cab. So if they have a Takauchi 250 with a cab, then I'll be purchasing it. Um, now, here's the thing. When you buy excavators, you have the option of steel track or rubber track, okay? Now, these machines, I, I can't remember. It's been like five or six months now. Some I don't know which models it was. Some of these models had the rubber tracks and some of them had the steel track. I know for sure the Takauchi 260 had the steel track. But I can't remember between the 240 and the 250 which one had steel tracks or rubber tracks. Maybe both of them had rubber tracks. I can't remember. But the point is, is that you have to be cautious of these things. And I'll, be, I'll give you an example. A lot of times I'm pulling into properties that are sometimes already built, right? They're just doing a bigger project. They're adding on to their project or whatever or to their property. So that means their driveway is in good shape, right? They have either a brand new driveway. It looks beautiful. We're on these really, really nice properties and really, really nice homes, you know, and a lot of these homes are in the multi-million, multi-millions, right? Like it's crazy. And the last thing you want to do is drive onto their, their concrete or their asphalt with metal tracks. Because here's the thing. A lot of times I cannot pull into the property with my truck and the 20 foot trailer and all of that. And even if I could pull into some of these places, there's no place to turn around right in the property. So that means a lot of times I have to park right next to the road or right next to the driveway and then unload there, and then drive into the property, right? The other thing is, too, a lot of homeowners and property owners don't want you just driving heavy trucks and trailers on on their grass. You know, a lot of these places, they have landscapers that are maintaining all this stuff, and it looks beautiful. You know, if I was to drive on their grass and just take a turn in reverse just to pivot, I'll, I'll tear up their grass. It'll look like crap. It'll look, it'll look bad. So, you know, these are the things that you have to think about. And so if there's steel tracks... On the machine then you're going to mess up the concrete or the asphalt when you're driving you know coming in and out or even crossing a, dr- a driveway right maybe you might be you have access to one side but you have to cross over the driveway at some point to do something else on the other side of the property and now the only way to get around that is to bring plywood okay so what we will do is if we use a machine that has metal tracks we bring plywood with us and we lay the plywood across that way when we drive the machine across Obviously, it's floating on the plywood and it's, it's, it's not messing up or marring up their nice concrete driveways or asphalt driveways. So that's a lot more work. You have to make sure you bring your, your um, you know, plywood with you. It's not just one. It's multiple pieces. That way you can, you know, maneuver around. You have to unload them, um, set them up. And then when you're done for the day, you have to go and grab them, drag them, stack them all up, put them back on your trailer. A lot of extra work involved with that. So for me, not only does the mini excavator have to have a cab, but it has to have rubber tracks, okay? Because the rubber tracks, you can drive on no problem. It's just like a car, you know, you have no issues. And even if you were to pivot on the driveway and create a black mark, it's just like a regular car. It'll wash away over time. It'll just disappear because it's just rubber, right? So that that is the other requirement that I am um, making sure that it has to have. Now, here's another scenario. If the excavator, say, 250, 
they have in stock, but they don't have rubber tracks on it and it has the steel tracks. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make a deal with them because I know they stock the rubber tracks um, for all their other machines because they also have a rental fleet, part of the dealership. They have a rental fleet. So they're replacing tracks, right? So they keep them in stock. And I remember seeing them and talking to the to the um, the people that work there. You know, I said, hey, if I if I need extra tracks or whatever, do you guys have them in stock to make sure? And they're like, yeah. And so they walked me over to a section where they had just tons and tons of rubber and metal tracks all on pallets. So if I ever needed tracks, I can, you know, easily swap out. So with that said, I want to make it a requirement that if I purchase, let's say, the 250 and it's got metal tracks, even if it's going to cost me more money, I'm going to tell them that they need to swap out the metal tracks for the rubber tracks. Okay. And maybe we can make a deal, you know, maybe I don't know if it, how it's going to work, but no matter what, if I leave with, if I purchase a machine, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to make sure they, that they put the rubber tracks on guaranteed. And that means that either I'll have a set of brand new metal tracks that I can always change off, change on and off by myself later on if I need to, or maybe we, I can work a deal with them where they give me a credit because obviously the tracks are brand new, the metal tracks never been used. So maybe we can do a, um, you know, um, rebate or some type of trade-off where, hey, I'll buy the, the rubber tracks, no problem, but give me a credit and I'll give you guys the metal tracks in trade. Just give me a small credit and we can make it work. But if the credit is too small and it doesn't make sense, then I'll just keep the, the metal tracks. I'll bring the metal tracks home with me. But no matter what, I will have rubber tracks on there. Now... The other scenario is there's a time and place for rubber tracks and metal tracks, right? There's a reason why they have two different type of tracks. And so sometimes having both on hand is nice, right? Because in some situations, you will completely tear up rubber tracks, right? Maybe you're off in, like, here's the thing, guys. A lot of the places on this island is completely harsh, sharp rock, and it just tears everything apart, especially rubber, right? And in, in those cases, sometimes the metal track would be a better solution. So you don't just tear up your rubber tracks. So it's nice to have, you know, both, you know. So uh, I'm going to see what they what they have to say about it. But either way, um, if they say, no, you just have to buy the rubber tracks and you have to keep your steel tracks, it's just what it is, that's fine with me. I, it doesn't matter to me. But I'm going to make sure they do the work to change it out because they're a full service, um, full service dealership as far as these machines, right? So not only do they fix them, they repair them, you know, all this stuff. So they have the machines, they have everything capable of doing these things right there on site before I even, you know, take the machine home. So um, I don't know how much the extra rubber tracks are going to cost me if I have to put have them put them on. I'm hoping the machine already has the rubber tracks um, because then that's just going to take out that whole scenario completely. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been thinking about some extra things I can do with the mini excavator, like around my property. I want to fix my road. My All our roads on our property are really bad. we got some really big, sharp rocks sticking out. It's a really rough ride in and out. So I want to definitely um, completely redo my our roads over here for our property. You know, take out all these big rocks, get rid of them, re-smooth everything, regrade everything. So that way it's a nice road coming in and out. Uh, the other thing is, too, um, I've been thinking about fire suppression because we've had that fire recently. Um, and since I have a machine that's capable of digging up really big rocks and I can grab them because it does have a hydraulic thumb on the, um, you know, with the bucket. So it's like a hand, right? So I can easily pick up big rocks and stack rocks. 
So I am also considering, because we have tons of rocks around us all over the place. I mean, just rocks all over and big stuff too, like really big stuff. So I can, I can do what's called dry stacking. I can use the, the mini excavator to go and pick up all these rocks, right? And bring them down and I can dry stack a rock wall around my property or I mean, sorry, around my home as like some type of barrier, right? And then within the barrier, I can easily run irrigation lines. So that way, if a fire was to happen and it burns up to the rock wall, at least the rock wall is there to help, you know, slow it down or stop it. But for whatever reason, if it's windy and something blows over the rock wall and catches the, tries to catch the grass on the other side on fire, I don't really have to worry so much because I'm gonna, I can run irrigation. It's cheap. Irrigation is cheap. Sprinkler heads. That way, you know, I can always turn on water and um, make sure that the grass inside is dry. So there's so much capabilities. So much capabilities. And in fact, I was talking to my customer yesterday. That's the one I was driving and doing the podcast. Um, not only are we doing a regular project that I normally do, but he kept at, he was also asking for um, if I knew anybody that had an excavator because he had some extra work that he wanted done. And I told him, I said, you know, it's kind of odd that you mentioned that. I said, because I'm actually in the process of considering purchasing a brand new excavator. And the first thing he said was, if you purchase an excavator, since you're going to want to, you're going to be doing the other work on my property anyway, let me know and I'll definitely pay you to come and bring your machine and do whatever you need to do. So that's more work for me, more income. And essentially I already told him what it would cost him and he completely agreed with it. He's like, that's perfectly fine with me. So if I was to purchase the machine, literally I would pick it up from the dealership. I wouldn't even bring it home. I would pick it up from the dealership, make sure it's got all the fluids in it, make sure it's got diesel in it, everything's topped off. And from the dealership on my trailer, it would go straight to the first job site already. Straight to that to that person's house because they live on that side of the island. So I'm already more than three quarters of the way there already. So I pick it up from the dealership, I go straight to the job site, and I put it to work the very first day that I, I purchase it. And I can already start making money back on my investment, just like that, Right? And it makes sense so that way I don't have to double haul. I don't have to just bring it home and then haul it all the way back when I can just go straight from the dealership straight to work with it. So I do have a plan in mind. So he did tell me, let me let him know um, what I decided to do on me purchasing the machine. So that's kind of another reasoning behind me maybe purchasing the machine earlier than the first of the year. Because I was thinking right around the first of the year or a little bit after the first of the year. But after um, going through, you know, everything I have and what I have available, um, I, I definitely have enough to cover everything I need to do and still have, um, you know, a savings. <laughs> so you got to make sure you got money in the bank, right? Um, so, yeah, I'll be okay. So I can, I'm going to definitely be pulling the trigger on this. I just don't know if it's going to be, I think it's going to be about two weeks. That's what I'm looking at right now. In about two weeks, looks like that's when I'm going to be purchasing the machine. But that's only if they have it in stock. When I was there looking at them, they had them in stock. So if something has changed in the last six months, which I'm sure there, there has been, and they don't have it on the island, then I'll still purchase it, but they'll have to ship it in from either the next island um, or from the mainland. And if that's the case, that's okay too. I'll wait for them to ship it in and go from there because, you know, it is what it is. Welcome to living on an island. <laughs> so... But yeah, very, very exciting times, guys. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I waited a long time to purchase a mini excavator. I really put it off for so long. 
And I kept telling myself, no, I'll just go rent the machines like I've been doing or I'll go subcontract it out to freelancers, which I've been doing. And every single time, like there's good and bad to everything. And I've been putting it off because I don't want to spend that kind of money, you know. And it just got to the point where it just makes sense now. Like I have to do it. You know, I can further my business. Um, here's another thing. A lot of times when we go to a job site that, that there's no other construction crews or no equipment on site, I feel bad for some of my guys that work for me because we have to get a certain type of job done. And no matter what, no matter if we're in rock or sand or dirt or whatever it is, if we have to dig a trench or whatever it is, we're literally out there with OO bars, with picks and shovels. And we're all taking turns digging these trenches and we are completely burnt out and just, just our bodies are wore out. Because it's a lot of it's just rock and we're suffering. You know, we're using an OO bar to break up a lot of this, try to break up rock just to be able to get some conduit in sometimes. You know, with a machine like this, it's like just one scoop. <laughs> you know, so it's really going to make my life easy, make the job site and the projects go faster and also be easier on the guys that are working for me. So it's a win-win. Um, obviously, I'm the one taking the hit financially on it. But in the long run, it'll definitely pay for itself. Like the first day, it's already going to start paying for itself. So then the other thing is too that let's say I had to go and rent a mini excavator to come out to my property, which I've done. I've actually rented a mini excavator that I've used on my property three times already. Okay. And the total amount of money that I spent on those rentals for those three times were probably about three or $4,000. Okay. Um, to do small things and do other things around the property. So with me owning my own uh, mini excavator, I don't never have to rent another machine again, as far as that's concerned. And now I can do finish up all these other things I want to do on our property. It's not going to cost me any more money as far as rentals because I own the equipment. So there's a really big win-win for everything. <clears throat> the other thing is too, is that we have some really old fence line around our property and like it's, it's a lot of fencing, a lot of fence posts that has to be replaced and stuff, a lot of really old rotten posts. And, you know, if we didn't have a machine to do it, we would have to be digging by hand, right? Well, if I have the mini excavator, it is two shakes. I just start driving around the fence line, create a small road around the fence line and just start digging wherever we need a fence post, like two shakes. Really going to make life easy on the ranch. We're going to speed things up and yeah. So a win-win, you know, definitely a win-win. So I suggest to all of you that if you guys are thinking about purchasing any type of equipment, um, really think if you actually need it. Okay, because this, these things are not cheap. These things are not cheap. And so make sure that you can really make use of it. Um, that's, that's the number one thing for me. Also, double check and make sure that you can afford it. You know, you don't want to put yourself in a hole, right? The other thing is, too, you want to make sure that you can work the machine enough to, to make back what you spent on it plus some, plus some, right? That's the whole point. So... I, I highly suggest any of you guys that are not in heavy equipment, think about it. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a costly endeavor on all this heavy equipment, sure. But the amount of money that you make for these jobs, it, you really start making back the money really, really, really quick, okay? If I had to estimate the amount of time for me to make back the money on this machine with all the jobs I do and everything else, probably six months. Six months for me to break even on the money that I would be spending up front for this machine. Six months or less. Yeah, probably yeah, probably six months or less. 
<clears throat> but that's because I can use it in my, my normal businesses, right? So that's why I can incorporate it. And if you're only going to be using it for a job here and there, maybe once in a great, great while, then, you know, maybe renting it might be a better solution for you right now, at least until maybe business picks up for you or, you know, whatever it is. But I can tell you right now, having a skidster, having mini excavators, having all these mechanical advantages, oh, the job goes so much smoother, so much better on the bodies. You're not just killing yourself. That is the whole point of having a, a mechanical advantage, right? So it kind of goes back to the having a um, modern day vehicle, right? Back in the day, they didn't have anything. Then they went to horses. Then they went to horse and carriage. Then they went to automobiles and cars. And that's where we're at today, right? Mechanical advantage, you know, really speeds things up. Instead of you walking to the store, you jump in your car and you drive to the store. What would normally take maybe, I don't know, half a day, a day or whatever it would be to get to the store, you can get there in like five minutes, right? So, yeah. Um, but I can tell you right now, I didn't plan on... Um, purchasing the machine um but I'm, I'm, I'm in the situation where i can't even rent a machine they're all rented out for months and there's a waiting list like huge in fact i'm on one of the waiting lists i'm number 19 or 20 on the waiting list for one of these machines for one of these rental places and we're, we're literally looking two three months out minimum before i could even come up on the list and you got to keep in mind there's guys now behind me on the list so the list just keeps stacking up, you know, and then the one guy that I was hiring, he, you know, I already went over that with all of you guys in the other podcast. So yeah, it's just going to be more beneficial for me to, um, to purchase the machine and uh, put it to use. I'm really, really excited because the capabilities you can do with these machines is just incredible. They have so much power. It is just insane what they can do. And then also all the different type of attachments, you know, ha um, rock breakers, um mulchers um cutters um you know i mean there's so many attachments that you could add to these machines to increase your capability even more you know stump grinders i mean oh my god augers um i mean there's so even even pallet forks they even make an attachment for it with pallet forks on it which is pretty crazy but yeah you know there's a lot of capability there which gives you a lot of room to expand on, on your services, what you're offering, you know, that kind of stuff. And for a long time, a lot of these jobs, you know, like property owners or whoever's, um, you know, paying us to do a job, um, they're like, hey, you know, anybody that's got like a, like this type of machine? I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't, not off the top of my head, right? And so like, I'm always, like, essentially like I'm blowing these potential jobs off because I don't own the machine myself, right? So now I can easily take on more work. And here's the thing, I already told another customer that I'm really considering purchasing one right around New Year's, but now I'm changing, it's going to be earlier, but he said, he already told me too, he's like, hey, as soon as you get your machine, you let me know, because I have some work that I need you to do for me. So I already have two jobs lined up that are, I'm not going to say how much they're going to pay me, but it's a substantial amount that can easily put over $10,000 back into my pocket for the investment. So yeah, going to be worth it for sure. Anyway, guys, just want to talk to you guys about that follow-up. My mother's system is working awesome. Solar is doing good. Um, and looks like I'm pulling the trigger on one of these machines. Yeah. At first, I was really considering the 260, but, you know, you have to do your research looking into things. And I was looking at the weight, and I'm looking at the capabilities of it. And I'm like, hmm, it's an awesome machine, but I just don't need that capability. 
you know, I don't need that that much weight on a machine as well. So, um, 240 or 250, and I'm really leaning towards the 250. If you guys don't know what they look like, um, you can easily go onto YouTube or um, you can Google it and look at the machines. They have the um, cab style and canopy style machines. Um, but there's also other brands. That's another thing I should point out. I looked at many, many other brands and I compared the Takauchi to the equivalent in other brands, including Kubota, Komatsu, um, Cat, and um, what was the other one? Yanmar. Um, we don't actually have a Yanmar dealer here, but I compared it anyway. And for the model, for, to compare them across the board, <clears throat> um, to me, my personal opinion, the Takauchi is the better choice um, because it's got, in a, lot of, in a lot of instances when you compare like hydraulic flow, auxiliary hydraulic flow, um, breakout floors, digging capacities, you know, all these numbers, you start comparing it across the board. Uh, the Takauchi is definitely like, if not number one, number one. Um, there is another brand that, that kind of comes close to it, but it's still below all the numbers on this machine. So to me, if I'm going to spend money on a brand new machine, you know, I'm looking at the numbers of everything, making sure um, my investment's going to the right place. So anyway, guys, stay positive. Keep your head up. Uh, tomorrow I have a long day, so I need to get back to doing paperwork and planning. And um, I'll definitely give you guys an update tomorrow. See you guys in the next one.